You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Buckeyes fans? Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Buckeyes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you will get 20% off your next order. It is Monday, October the 12th, the year 2020. We are less than two weeks away. Less than 14 days away from the kickoff of the 2020 Ohio State Buckeyes football season. And if you're anything like me, the closer we get to kickoff to that day on October 24th against Nebraska, the closer that we get to kickoff, the start of the season, the more excited that I am. You can always, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Feel free to follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnBuckeyes. Send all the emails to LockedOnBuckeyes at gmail.com. I understand that some of you are not on Twitter, but you still want to have a way to communicate with the podcast. LockedOnBuckeyes at gmail.com. Go ahead and send those in questions, comments, concerns, or whatever you have to say. I will, I'll, I will, I run the count. I will respond to those as quick as possible. On the agenda for today, we will talk about who the first recipient of the Block O jersey is and why it is so special. There were a couple players that lost their black stripes, but we begin today talking about the latest AP poll and what it means for the Ohio State football team. Before the season, the AP poll decided, the very first poll, they decided to go ahead and rank every single player, excuse me, every single team, regardless of if they're playing this season or if they were not playing this season. You wake up that morning or in the afternoon or whenever you saw that poll, you saw Ohio State number two. And you're thinking insult to injury. We're not playing. There's no sign of us playing. We don't have hope that we're going to play. And all of a sudden you're saying we have the second best team in the country without playing a down of snap in 2020, in the 2020 season. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Not really, because it hurts to look at that. It hurts to see what is going on. You look at the poll after Sunday, and you see that Ohio State is sitting at number six. Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Georgia 3, Notre Dame 4, North Carolina 5, and then lo and behold, the Buckeyes are 6. Now, there are other schools in the Big Ten and also schools in the Pac-12 that are in the rankings that have not played a game either. You have Penn State at number 9, Oregon at 12, Wisconsin at 16, that team up north is at 19, and Minnesota at 24, USC at 25. So it's not just like they're ranking just a couple of the good schools, then the rest of them are not being ranked at all. There's quite a few schools in the top 25 that haven't played a snap. Now, in regards to Ohio State and what this means to them with them being ranked number six without playing a snap, one, they're going to play less games than, than and Clemson or Alabama or most of the other schools out there. They're going to play less games. So there's two things that are going to be very, very key, very, very implement, very, very uh, uh, important for Ohio State to be able to move up the rankings, which I believe they will do once they start playing games. But there's two things that they have to do when they step on the field every single week to show the world, well, the, 
the voters, they're the important ones, AP, po- AP voters and then the members of the committee, to show them how good they are and to prove to them that even with playing less games, they deserve to be in the top four, potentially top two, top one, based off the play once they step on the field. Number one, the eye test is important. Now, I understand in the committee room they're going to utilize the strength of schedule and all of these analytical numbers to go ahead and, and try to properly rank you. Uh, oh, oh, this strength of, this strength of schedule is here. Uh, strength, strength of record. Oh, that school has it there. And they're going to try to utilize all of these numbers, all of these numbers to properly fit each school in their spot to pick the top four. Then who plays in which New Year's Six Bowl? But if Ohio State was right now is scheduled to play nine games, eight regular season, plus the Big Ten Championship that week, championship weekend, but we all expect Ohio State to be in the Big Ten Championship once again in Indianapolis, Ohio State must prove to the committee via the eye test they are dominant every second they're on the field. Forget the numbers, forget the stats, forget everything else that you hear on TV, forget all that stuff. Ohio State must prove via the eye test they are the most dominant team in the country. They are the most complete team in the country. They must do this year the thing that people thought they would have done in previous years, but it hasn't really been uh, hasn't been done. No, this year via the eye test, domination every single game, starting with Nebraska, going all the way through to game number nine, complete and utter domination, humiliation, obliterate the opponent. Every second you're on the field. The eye test will be key. But number two, style points. I have to go back. I want to go back some years. I want to go back a long time, but you'll understand. When USC dominated football, I say dominated, but when USC was playing football, everybody said, oh, style points don't mean anything. But to that computer, I truly believe style points did. We need, Ohio State needs style points. I mean, running up the score and stuff like this, when a moment like this, when you don't know if you're going to play next week, when you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know there's so much uncertainty with the season. The eye test is, is important. But my goodness, guys, run up the score. We all laugh. We all love. We all cheer. Oh, yeah, put 100 on them. Put 100 on them. But maybe Ryan Day was forecasting and speaking of things to come based off the current condition of college football and the uncertainty with the Big Ten at that time. Maybe, just maybe, Ryan Day was saying, hey, if we play, we will have to have style points every single week, not just against your rival, not just against the Big, uh, not just against Penn State, but against the Indiana, but against the Nebraska, against, against the Illinois or Michigan State. We have to provide style points every single week. The eye test, the style points, the things that people say that aren't that aren't that important. Trust me, they're way more important than what you think. Because people like myself, people that are people that are, that are in the media, a lot of people rewatch games. A lot of people actually watch games and they go ahead and formulate their their opinion and their vote based off what they watch and see. And with Ohio State playing later, they kind of also have an added advantage. We all know recency bias. Uh, uh, we all remember things that happened recently. Ohio State playing later, being most dominant, being very dominant, as we believe they will be, 
during that time period when some schools are trying to find a way or a school here, one school may have a loss or another school may have a loss. Hey, Ohio State run the table with style points. Hey, baby, that's going to be in their favor the entire time. I understand the AP poll is not the poll. It's not the end-all, be-all. It is not the final thing that Ohio State is looking at. But, however, Ohio State does know style points will be key. The eye test will be key. And to be have a successful season this year, they have to do things that, well, maybe they don't normally have to do to get a top spot and, and solidify their spot in the Final Four. Coming up next... We talk about the first recipient of the Block O jersey and why it is so special. But first, you heard about him at the beginning of the podcast. I want to tell you a little bit more about my friends at Built Bar. At the end of a workout, we are all looking for that perfect protein bar. We're not sure where to go. We don't know if we want to go to a gas station and pick something up quickly. Or if you want to go to your local Uh, GNC or a place that specializes in protein and workout and the supplements that our body need to recover. Well, sometimes we struggle to find those things. (laughs) We don't have to look too much further. I have you covered. Built Bar is perfect for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. And with a purchase at Built Bar, you will get a free cooler. Now, without tailgating, you can get it now, save it for later. And those coolers are only available while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is the first year the NCAA has allowed players to wear the number zero. Zero or double zero. But this is the first year that that has been available. Available. And this is a number that cannot be duplicated. You cannot have two players on the same roster sharing the same number. We have seen players, uh, a couple players, wear number five. One wears five on offense, one wears five on defense, uh, eight, one. I mean, I'm just going out random numbers. But you, these are things you have seen, and the NCAA okays that. And if you want to have certain numbers be duplicated, one on offense, one on defense, but not two players on the same side of the ball, that is A-O-K. But with zero or double zero, you cannot have two players on the same roster sharing the same number. You know, and Ryan Day knows the kind of school, the tradition-rich football program that he is in charge of, that he is running, that he is the head coach of. He has decided to start a new tradition. One player every year will be picked to wear the Block O jersey. This person exemplifies toughness, uh, team spirit, 
uh, accountability. Uh, he is someone that you can rely on, uh, probably a, possibly a captain. Uh, this is a person that everybody respects. And the first recipient of the Block O jersey for the Ohio State Buckeyes in 2020 and beyond, that number goes to Jonathan Cooper. And before I tell you about his response, uh, what Larry Johnson had to say, and what makes Cooper the perfect guy to receive this honor, we got to get a little history lesson because there's a guy by the name of Bill Willis that is tied to this very honor, to this very, uh, to this significant jersey number that we must talk about because without knowing much about Bill Willis or anything about Bill Willis, the Blocko jersey means nothing. The Blocko jersey means uh, there's no significance to it. Bill Willis played for the Ohio State Buckeyes from 1942 to 1944. Paul Brown was his coach, went on to play for the Cleveland Browns. But the significant thing about Bill Willis, regardless of how he played as a football player, regardless of him being a pro football Hall of Famer, a college football Hall of Famer, an NFL champion in 1950, a three-time pro bowler, uh, four-team first-team all-pro. But regardless of all that stuff, regardless of him being in the Cleveland Browns ring of honor, being a national champion in 1942, or even, have his, even having his number 99 retired by the Buckeyes. Bill Willis is known for breaking the color barrier in the NFL. Go back some ways. Go way, way back. Back in 1933, starting in 33, there was a gentleman that entered the NFL that bought the Boston Redskins back at that time that had basically made it an unwritten rule that you would not allow black people into the NFL. Now, we all know nowadays, you would think that's crazy, that's stupid, that's idiotic. I mean, black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people, it don't matter. Let them play if they're if they're a caliber, if they're skilled enough to play a sport, to play something, let that man or even that young lady play the game. Well, back then, it wasn't that way. We all have heard those stories and things going on now in our country. Those things are brought up way more than some of us may like, but there was a time and a place for that, for those type of stories to be put on Front Street to allow people to learn about things that, it, that, they, didn't learn, that they didn't know about and also to help us break this mold of racism in our country. Bill Willis knew the type of task knew what was at hand, and he knew he would have a hard time being able to get into the NFL and play professional football, which is ultimately his goal. After leaving Ohio State in 1944, he became a, he coached at Kentucky State University, uh, an HBCU, historically black college and university, coached there for one year, and then lo and behold, it was either going to, he, he had the opportunity, he was prepared to go play for the Montreal Alouettes in the Canadian Football League, but then Paul Brown was like, hold on, man. I had you at Ohio State. Why don't you come play for me? Why don't you come and join me in Cleveland? We already had the Ohio tie. How about you come here and play professional football in the NFL, in the States, which is what you ultimately want to do anyway. Well, Bill Wells, during his tryout, it it was something where it was a little bit unexpected. Um, the, he was lined up against a gentleman over and over and over, numerous numerous reps, back to back to back to back. And the gentleman that he was across from, he kept saying, "Hey, hey, 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 that Bill guy, he's offside. That 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 Bill guy, he's offside." 
And that's just I, I'm re I've read the story and I'm trying to make it a little a uh, little bit more fun to listen to. But he said hey, that that Bill guy he's offsides. Well, Bill Willis was not offsides. It wasn't like Bill Willis was lining up in the neutral neutral zone and and uh, had numerous neutral zone infractions. No, that's not the case. What what was actually going on was Bill Willis was able to look at the ball and saw the center's hands, and as the center gripped the ball tighter and squeeze it tighter to snap the ball that was bill willis's cue to get a quick amazing fast jump off the line of scrimmage to get into the backfield and there were numerous times the guard that was right there that was supposed to be blocking bill willis he was pushing back he kept getting pushed back and he it was a time that he stepped on the quarterback's foot because he was not quick enough and his feet and his hands were not swift enough to slow down the attack of Bill Willis. Bill Willis, a man that knew that breaking a color barrier, doing something that you that nobody had ever done before because of the color of your skin wasn't thought of before. Marayad, this came a few months before Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball. Bill Willis, the color barrier in the NFL was broke first. Then Major League Baseball came second just a few months after that. After Bill Willis was uh, signed by the Browns, uh, the man Marion Motley was also signed by the Browns as well, being the first two black players to play in the NFL. Jonathan Cooper, last year before the season, well, I remember he had the ankle injury, played four games last year, but then the NCAA in 2018 instituted a new rule and said if you play no more than four games in a season, you can you can medically redshirt, you can use it as a redshirt year, and then come back and play the following year after that. Well, Cooper took advantage of that very rule, allowed that to happen, and the rest is history. He's back here now. He's a team captain. He's a guy that every time you look up, if you need a leader, Cooper is the guy on the team. He remains accountable. He re- he remains a great teammate. And he be- he remains someone that Larry Johnson loves to coach. Larry Johnson had this to say about Jonathan Cooper and him re- receiving the being the first recipient of the Block O jersey. The minute he excuse me, quote, the minute he said he was, he was coming back you're talking about the happiest coach in the world because you get a great leader back. You get a guy who's been through the war and who's seen great players, and he gets to share that with the young players. And he's doing that right now. Everything that we thought he was going to be, he is now because that's the kind of leader he is. We're rooting for him to have a great season, end quote. Larry Johnson's rooting for him, the coaches, his other teammates. I am, and I'm sure you are as well. I cannot think of a better person to be the first recipient of the Block O jersey than Jonathan Cooper. And this is a great tradition to start right now at a time that people need things to pull them together. Hey, this fits that very description. Jonathan Cooper, very, I got to give a hand clap, guys. I got to give a hand, I got to give a hand clap. I do it on my own podcast, Jay Stevens podcast. I'm doing it on Locked on Buckeyes as well. Got to give a hand clap. He deserves it. He has always been top-notch, a guy you can rely on. And Ohio State continues to recruit right recruit right guys to come into the program. And when they leave, they leave great young men just like Jonathan Cooper. Coming up next to close the show, a couple players lost their black stripes. It's a great way to end their show, end this show on, on the Monday on a high note.
We all have those times in our life when we set a goal. We have something we're striving for. We want to achieve that thing. And once we achieve the thing that we have sought out for, we have tried to attain, it brings a sense of satisfaction. It brings and puts a smile on our face. Well, that's the same thing with Buckeye football players. They know once they start practicing, once they start doing team workouts, they're not officially a Buckeye until they lose their black stripe. And for so many players, 10 so far right now, they have lost that very thing. And it brings a smile to their faces. And I love the videos that Ohio State puts out on Twitter of the players and the coaches and just a quick little hit of these are the comments. This is the players, what the coach has to say. And then the player steps up. They say uh, a couple sentences, a, a few words about what it means to lose a black stripe and officially be a Buckeye. And me as a as a person, just as a person, not as a, a podcast host or an analyst or anything, me as just a person, a human being, I love those moments. I love them a lot. I don't know what, it, what they go through on a day-to-day basis. I don't know... Uh, the sweat, uh, possibly the blood, or whatever goes into losing a black stripe. I, I haven't experienced that, so I don't have firsthand knowledge. I can only imagine what they go through, especially going from the high school level to the college level. That is a huge jump, not just high level college, high school to a D3 or D2. No, you're going to the best of the best, the elite of the elite. Ohio State only brings in the best, and you're coming in because they believe you are the best. But you still have to work like the best to lose that black stripe. Well, recently there have been two players, a four-star recruit and a five-star recruit, to you to lose their black stripe recently. And as I look at it, there's a great story behind both of them. One's a potential starter this year. The other's a guy that can be utilized on both sides of the ball. Paris Johnson Jr., offensive lineman, five-star recruit out of Cincinnati, Ohio, come by the way of Princeton High School. Committed to Ohio State in June of 2018, recently lost his black stripe. And when I look at Paris Johnson, I'm thinking, man, you're, you're, you're a big boy. What's your, what's your mama eating? What's your mama feeding you? No, I, I know you I know you you were there with a, a guy by the name of Dewan Jones. You heard me and Corey talk about him recently, where Dewan Jones, I believe he's like six six, six seven, uh maybe six eight, about three sixty. I mean huge mammoth of a guy. If you want to uh message me, I, I have video of him playing high school basketball. Uh yeah, that boy he has some quick feet for a big boy like that. Mama feed him very, very well, it's clear. That boy didn't miss a meal. I, I, I've been there myself, uh, not as big as that, but I've, I've been a big boy. I know what it means to come home and always have food on the table. If you burn it, eat it again, burn some, burn some calories, eat some more. I know exactly what that is like. But Paris Johnson, one key thing about, one key note about him is he's actually in contention to start at right tackle this year. Now, I did look at an at a depth chart. I'll pull it up right now quickly. I did look at a depth chart. And in the depth chart, he is not starting at the moment. Um, it is at currently, I believe, Nicholas Petit Frere, who is starting at right tackle with, the, with Dewan Johnson. Uh, with Dewan Johnson right behind him. That is correct. Now, that is not finalized. That is not exactly the final game day depth chart. But that's the closest thing I've had right now. Paris Johnson Jr., just like the article that I read, he is expected to be in the two deep, in the back of the two deep on the in the depth chart. That's exactly where he where he is and everything that I've read, everything that I have seen. But a freshman coming in that size, that mammoth, 
five-star recruit. I love hearing about stories like this. I love seeing it coming in, already pushing guys ahead of you to be better than what they've already been. Hey, keep your eyes on Paris Johnson. Not just because he has already just lost his black stripe, but because this young man could be making noise on the field very, very soon. The other individual to lose his black stripe recently is Cameron Martinez, defensive back out of Muskegon High School in in, uh, in Michigan. 14th best uh, athlete, 7th best player in the state of Michigan when he came out. He played quarterback in high school. And I was looking in, I was reading articles about him. And Ryan Day had this to say about about Cameron Martinez, and it was actually about him being a, a guy that could possibly play on both sides of the ball. Quote, we'll give him an opportunity to play on either side of the ball when he first gets in, which is unique. But this is somebody who played quarterback in high school, very, very productive, and doesn't have a lot of experience playing any other position. So we're going to follow him to do both when he gets here. Do some returning and kind of figure out where that goes, end quote. A quote from Ryan Day about Cameron Martinez. This is also a, an, an individual. Now, when I was looking at the video, they said cornerback, but also he can play on both sides of the ball. And I know Ohio State has gr- great young talents there at quarterback. I know that they have a uh, great secondary, uh, trying to fill in some holes. But if Cameron Martinez can be kind of a Swiss army, army knife, a guy that can play offense, defense, a little special teams. Does that not remind you of a guy by the name of Chris Gamble? Not saying he's Chris Gamble X. I'm not going that far. But the connection is there. And that is the kind of player that can be very, very scary to opposing coaches because you don't know what side of the ball he's going to be playing on that week and you don't know how to properly scheme against them. Paris Johnson Jr., Cameron Martinez, Losing the black stripes, amazing, phenomenal. Love this part of the journey, but it's not over yet, young men. Keep going, keep striving, keep working, and wear that Buckeye jersey with pride because not everybody gets the privilege to do so. Thank you guys so much for coming back to Locked on Buckeyes starting week two with me being the host. Sit. Five-star reviews are amazing. Uh, Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews with the, with the five-star reviews. With uh, a few comments, do those daily, consistently. Thank you so much for that. Do those. I would love it. Subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your fine podcast. Follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. Follow the podcast at LockedOnBuckeye on Twitter. Send the emails to LockedOnBuckeyes at gmail.com. Come back tomorrow. We're having a film session, learning some lessons from the last game we played, the Buckeyes played at the end of last season. We all know who we played. We all know what happened at the end of the game. But there are lessons we can learn from that very game. We'll have somewhat of an early season film session tomorrow here on the podcast. This is Jay Stevens signing off. I will see you tomorrow. And as always, go Bucks!